This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, uh, to this morning's program is sponsored by the Greenspan family for Shlema, for Yaakov and Esther Malka. Sasha Chal Yisrael. Here we are again, another year, another Tishabav. We're certainly hoping not to have to be here again, but by now we're used to this, like we read in the Haftarah, of our Katsir, Kalek Kayetz, the Anachnu Loinoishanu. We all know that Tishabav is the most tragic day on the Jewish calendar. We're all familiar with the litany of national and personal tragedies that have occurred on Tishabav. From that very first Tishabav that the Miraglim came back with their slanderous report against Eretz Yisrael, and it was decreed that we would not enter the Holy Land. Yermia Hanavi was born on Tishabav, and he cursed the day of his birth. The Mishnah says at the end of Tainus, five tragedies happened on Tishabav. First base Hamikdash was destroyed. Second base Hamikdash was destroyed. The city of Betar was captured, and Tornus Rufus plowed over Yerushalayim. And throughout Jewish history, Tishabav has been a lightning rod of Jewish tragedy. If there's something bad to happen, it happens on Tishabav. The city of Alexandria, which was bigger than Betar, was destroyed on Tishabav. In the year 1295, the year Kala, Kala the community of England was exiled on Tishabav. The Jews of France were expelled on Tishabav. Spanish Jewry was banished on Tishabav, 1492. World War I broke out on Tishabav. A day of national disaster and personal tragedy again and again and again all rooted in Chorben Beis HaMikdash. And yet as tragic of a day as it is, we're still challenged to have even a small meaningful connection to Tishabav. We say the kinos, we hear the speeches, and we watch all the holy movies. And we still struggle to connect what does Tishabav have to do with me personally. You know, it always struck me, if one tallies up the total number of kinos recited on Tishabav, the Amni kinos we say on Tishabav, 45 kinos on Tishabav, Gematria Adam, indicating that it's not just the temple that's destroyed. But there's something about us that is missing. There's something about our personalities that we are in a state of Chorban. That it is we who are nechrav. It is we who are devastated. As we say in the Haftarah on Shabbos Chazoyin, Mikaf Regel Viad Roish, Ein Boi Mesoyim. That there's nothing whole about us. And by reciting the 45 kinos, we're not just trying to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash, we attempt to rebuild ourselves, our physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual entities. Let's de- develop this further. 
Because while we have such a hard time relating to the Beis Hamikdash, if one were to try to get an understanding of what is the most important subject in the whole Torah, one would presume that it's realistic to take a look at the Chumash and study what occupies the most real estate, and based on that, get a glimpse into what is most important to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we know the Mitzvah of Talmud Torah is very great. And how many times does the Mitzvah of Talmud Torah appear in the Chumash? 16 times. And the Mitzvah of Chesed is great, and therefore it says a number of times, but there is clearly one subject that far out surpasses any other topic in the Chumash. Not by five times, not by ten times, by a hundred times. And that is the subject of the Mishkan. Its dimensions, its materials, its construction, the garments, the garments that are worn there. It's too loud. The topic of the Mishkan occupies five parshiyos: Truma, Tetzave, part of Kisisa, Bayakel, Pekude. What exactly is so important about the Mishkan? We don't even have the Mishkan. We've never even seen the Mishkan. Not us, not our fathers, not our grandparents, not our great-grandparents. And we have to read about the details every single year. I mean, even your own house. Do you know how long your house is? Do you know how wide your house is? Do you know the dimensions of your couch, of your coffee table, of the paintings? You know those dimensions? I hope not. Do you recite a document annually about the dimensions of your home? If you do, you need major assistance. And yet every single year, we read over in the Torah Doisha the dimensions of the Arain, the dimensions of the Menorah, the dimensions of the Kruvim, the Krashim, the Amudim, the Paroiches, the Kapoires. Every single year, five times, This would be unusual even for a house that you don't li- that you live in, let alone a house that you never moved into. So an important clue to help answer this question can be found in the beginning of Parshas Truma, where the Torah Kedusha says, so Rebbe Shlom comes to Moshe and he says, "Kechol Asher Ani Mara Oischa." Hashem doesn't say, in accordance with everything I show to you, but rather, in accordance with everything I show you. As if Hashem is telling Moshe, Moshe, I'm showing you, you. What's the meaning of this? So the secret to explain the Mishkan can be found in a, a work that is attributed to the Rambam called Pirkei HaHatzlacha. can be found in the Kuzari and in the writings of Rabbeinu Bechaye. And that is they offer an incredible idea that the Mishkan is merely a mashal and a parable. It's a paradigm and a representation of Adam, of man. The parts of the Mishkan represent the various limbs of man. This idea is further elaborated upon by Rabbi Shua Heller and his great Sefer, Oyo Yehoshua. Rabbi Shua Heller was a student of Chaim Velazhner. He lived from 1814 to 1880. 
And Rabbi Shua Heller goes to great lengths to explain how the details of the Mishkan and the appurtenances of the Mishkan symbolize different parts of man. Says Rabbi Shua Heller, just as the holiest area of the Mishkan can be broken up into three parts, the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Kodesh and the Chatzar, the human head could be divided, subdivided into three parts. Where you have the mind, which is the Kodesh HaKadoshim, where you have the eyes and the nose, which is the Kodesh, and you have the mouth, which is the Chatzar. Says Rabbi Shua Heller, the three parts of the Mishkan symbolize the three parts of the human face. The Kodesh HaKadoshim symbolizes the forehead and the brain. That is why Aaron HaKoyin wore on his forehead the tzitz that said Kodesh Lashem. Because the mind, the human mind, is the Kodesh HaKadoshim. It says the Zayar HaKadosh and the Idra Rabbah and the Idra Zuta that there are three chambers of the brain. What are they? Chachma, Bina, Das. They correspond to the Arayin and the two Kruvim, and therefore says Rabbeinu B'chayin. If somebody were to contemplate that the Kedusha that resides on the head of a person, when one puts on the Tefillin Shel Rosh, is greater than the Kedusha that resided Mibain Shnei HaKruvim. Says Rabbi Shua Heller, Uma Oyoim Hamachaze Hazer Al Zois Yecharad Leiv Adam. And therefore, we have to make sure that our thoughts are pure, because as Rabbi Chaim Velazhner says, that when a Jew has an impure thought, it's like he's being machnis a zoyna to the Kodesh Hakadoshim. When a Jew allows himself to be consumed with kas, it's like bringing a fire into the Kodesh Hakadoshim. Did you ever try to bring a tselem into the base Hamikdash? You want to try? I'll give you a good idea. You could do it every day. You could take out a little device, and while you're wearing tefillin and the shechinos residing on your head, you could be machnis a tselem into the kodesh hakadoshim. It's available at any time. You too could be like Menashe. Like Titus. You know, Winston Churchill writes that the great battle between good and evil that beats in the heart of all men is most intense in the heart of a Jew. Because a Jew could change the world and a Jew could illuminate the world and a Jew could destroy the world at any time. That's the power that we have the capacity to accomplish. That's the first part of the face, the forehead, the mind that represents Kodesh HaKadoshim. Then you have the second part of the face, the second level of the Panim, the eyes and the nose. The eyes, says Rabbi Shua Heller, are the Menorah and the Shulchan, the two clay Asharis that are exactly opposite each other. The nose is represented by the Mizbech HaKatoires, Yosimu Ketoires Be'apecha, the Mizbech HaKatoires is the nose. It's very interesting, the Gemara in Yuma and Lamed Gimel Amad Beis mentions that the same way the two eyes are on par with each other, the Shulchan and the Menorah 
cannot have the Mizbech HaKtaris interposing in between them. Says the Gemara, listen to the slush in the Gemara, Yuma Daflamid Gimelamid Beis. Kihechi Dechazi Ahadadi. The Shulchan and the Menorah need to be able to see each other. Like the two eyes that have to see each other. Do we value our eyes like the Menorah? Like the Shulchan? Do we make sure that what enters the porthole of vision? would be worthy to enter the Kodesh of the Beis HaMikdash. And then the next area of the face is the mouth. The mouth, says Rabbi Shua Heller, corresponds to Achilas HaMezbeach, the Mezbeach in the Chatzar. Do we eat as if our mouth would be the Mezbeach in the Heichal? And then Rabbi Shua Heller makes a revelation that no Gadol before him ever brought to the forefront. Says Rabbi Shua Heller, if you were to add up the 48 Krashim and the 100 Adonim and the 10 Uriois and the 100 Lulais and the 50 Krashim and 15 Brichim and 96 Tabois and the Paroiches and the 4 Amudim and the 4 Vavim and the Masach and the 5 Amudim and the 5 Adonim and the 5 Vavim and the Kiar and the Mizbeach HaKetoyres, and the Mizbeach HaZohav, and the Menorah, and the Shulchan, and the Kruvim, and the Kapoyres, and the Aroin, you get precisely 613. Keneged Eivarov Shal Adam. Says Rebbeinu Shalom Tamoysher Abeinu. Kechol Asher Animare Oischa. You know what the Mishkan is, you know what the Mikdash is. It is you. It is a paradigm of you. It is a parable to you. The purpose of the Mishkan is to gleam some semblance of insight into our own greatness. How important our minds are. How important our eyes are. How important our mouth is. person would like to think, Who am I? What is my avoider worth? What value do my maizim toivim have? <clears throat> Who are you? You're a mishkan. You're a mikdash. You're a beis hamikdash. Actually, the beis hamikdash is only a mashal to you. If the beis hamikdash was burning down on Shabbos, you could not save it. If the Mishkan burnt down on Shabbos, you cannot save it. But if a Jew's life was in jeopardy, and there was even a slight chance you could save their life, you would be required to save their life on Shabbos. And that is because as great as the Beis HaMikdash is, the Jew is much greater. The details of your house are not that important. But the Mishkan is not just a house. It's a replica of Adam. It's a replica of you. And nothing is more important than you. So you're going to go to the doctor for your checkup and the doctor is going to measure you. And he's going to weigh you. I mean, what could happen over a year? But you never know. Maybe you'll go up. Maybe you'll go down. Maybe you'll get taller. Hopefully that's the only change. Every detail is critical. Every detail is crucial. 
the topic that occupies the most real estate in the Chumash is the Mikdash. More than learning Torah, more than doing Chesed, more than any detail of the, of the mitzvahs, because there's nothing more important than you. So in light of this concept, that the Mishkan and the Mikdash is a metaphor and a paradigm for Adam, what then does it mean if the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed? What does it mean if the Mishkan is Bechorbana? What does it say about us? What does it say about Adam? It signifies that if the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed, then our personal state is Bechorban. Then our spiritual standing has crumbled and fallen to the ground. And if the Beis HaMikdash's status is a reflection of man, then never has the Beis HaMikdash been more desecrated than in our times. Because as the years go by, mankind descends lower and lower into darkness, into immorality, and our feelings of churban then should intensify as the years pass by. And therefore, our personal feelings of churban become greater and greater, and that is why we say in the Kinnais, Espoid b'chol shana v'shana mispeid chadash. Every year, we eulogize anew. It is then our duty on Tisha B'av for each one of us to ask ourselves, Am I, is my guf worthy to be a resting place for the Shekhinah? That's the purpose of the Kinnas. Because if there is no Beis HaMikdash, then there is no Adam. Is my mind a Kodesh HaKadashim? Are my eyes a menorah and a shulchan? Do my midas allow the shechina to rest on me? Does my Yerushalmayim enable the shechina to rest on me? Are my evarim crushim? Are my limbs clay shares? And in a world of churban, we know what the answer is. That there's nothing whole about us. And as we attempt to say the 45 kinas, the Gematria Adam, more than trying to rebuild the base Hamikdash, which is only a mashal to Adam, we try to rebuild ourselves, the Mikdash that is us, to be Mikayim Vyasuli Mikdash, the Shachanti Besoicham. Yiratzayin mofanecha, Hashem alekeinu v'lekei avaysenu, she'yibana beis ha-mikdash b'mehera v'yameinu. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.